Hey everyone, and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube show based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith, and Mike is sitting this one out once again, um, but I'm joined by Ariel Dyer. Hi! How's it going, Ariel? Good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Is this your first time on this show? You were on before and after. Yeah, I've never been on this one. Okay, cool. First one. Cool. Welcome. Thank you. Um, So we're here to talk about Suspiria 2018. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we keep doing movies nobody saw, but here we go. We did an episode on First Man and nobody saw it. I didn't and now Suspiria. I'm one of those. I'm guilty. Yeah. And now Suspiria and nobody's seen that. So I didn't see this one either. Listen. Oh. <laughs> I saw this one. Never heard of it. So uh, it'll be on Amazon Prime in like six months because it's an Amazon movie. So watch it then and then listen to this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Um, with Suspiria 2018, um, it's a remake of a 1970-some. <laughs> I thought it was 1960-something. 1977. Oh, I was way off. Okay. 1977 Italian horror film from Dario Argento, um, considered one of the masters of Italian horror, and, um... This was, I don't think it's his debut film, but it's the kind of his calling card. It's the one that really uh, announced him as a a director and kind of solidified his legacy. I think this is the one that people point to a lot. Um, It's his most well-known for sure. It's sort of, and you might be able to help me with this. So there's two camps on Suspiria, the original one. Uh-huh. There's people who say it's giallo horror, uh-huh. and there's people who don't. Right, yep. So, what, how do we distinguish that? Uh, well, I guess it depends which one you agree with, but I know with, so with giallo, it's, um, I know that someone who actually is familiar with giallo and knows it and loves it would be mm-hmm. mad at me for saying, I think, in my head, I compare it, uh, like, to film noir, kind of. Okay. Not in genre similarity, but in the way it's, like kind of saturated american culture does that make sense okay so film noir you know what that is like right. when i say that you know what it is we're american it has a certain aesthetic um there are other film noir you know i'm sure you know other countries have done film noir but it's a pretty american genre right um and of a certain time even though you can call back to it and there's more modern film noirs it's really, really, if you want to get super technical, right. it's that certain era. So Jalo, it's a similar thing. Right, yeah. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for the genre right now. Yeah. And apparently it's sort of, it's a horror story specific to Italy in literature and film. Right. Um, it comes, it means yellow. Okay. It comes from the term, there were, um, I don't know if there were, dime novels or what you would call them really those oh, penny cheap, dreadfuls? Trashy, trashy yeah but they're the trashy ones and they're they were called ye- yellow or giallo because it, it, the spine was oh, that bright yellow got it and um i think people the people who disagree that it's giallo um giallo tends to be more mystery yes with yeah. like twist or something um and this is obviously horror not mystery right um uh, even the people i feel like even the people though who don't say who say it's not giallo say that it is influenced or there's elements of giallo in there right like it's horror with a giallo seasoning okay all yeah. right yeah that yeah. makes sense that makes sense so i have not seen the original i've seen a chunk of the original 
and um, realized I was not watching it properly. Um, not <laughs> not that there's like. What does a, that mean? Yeah, that sounds real snobby of me, but it was like the middle of the day on a Saturday. Okay, and yeah. I was like, this isn't. No. This movie's too. There's too much nighttime uh-huh. in this movie uh-huh. for me to have like sunshine hitting me it's in the not face right proper now. Proper spooky, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not proper spooky. Um, so I turned it off and was planning on revisiting it, but I got real busy, so I didn't. So okay. you recently rewatched this, right? Yeah, I did. I the first time I watched it, I had the opposite problem because it wasn't the right time, but it was only not the right time because it was too late, oh. and I go to bed early, so. I started watching it, and it wasn't that I didn't like it, but I, f- I missed the last maybe 40 minutes because okay. I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. That's like half the movie. It's only like yeah. an hour and a half. Um, so, uh, so, anyways, I rewatched it a couple days ago and did not fall asleep. Okay. Did you like it? Yeah. The, okay. first, the first time I watched it, I didn't love it, but I mean, I knew I couldn't judge it because I'd only seen the first 45 yeah. minutes. But the theme song is what made me watch it in the first place. Okay. Because it's my favorite horror movie song probably ever. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah. So uh, what it's about is it's about this woman from America who comes to, uh, is it Italy in the original one? It's Or is it still Germany? It's still Germany. Okay. Yeah. She comes to Germany um, to dance with a kind of prestigious dance mm-hmm. group mm-hmm. and it turns out they're witches and their dances are secret witch spells and rituals <laughs> um and that's that's about all i know about the original um mm-hmm. kind of a good summation of the new one <laughs> um there's more of a there's arguably more of a giallo uh influence in this one because it is almost a detective mystery thing yeah because it has the whole device of whatever joseph the doctor kemper yeah 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 um so uh the original's a a, a cult classic do you what what do you think it is that has solidified its legacy as as such uh i think it's very i mean it fits in with the era with that era of Mm. horror in the 70s um the dreamlike you know art nouveau kind of vibe it's really uh, just the set designs are really beautiful, so even yeah. that alone is, even that alone is worth watching. Honestly, uh, the theme song and the set designs alone. But yeah, I know that when it came out, it wasn't people weren't into it. Yeah, it did not do well. Yeah. So it's, I'm glad that it has survived. I think it it kind of is like a fever dream. Is yeah. how I would compare it. Yes. But it does. I think I think it does a really good job. It's not a sloppy fever dream. It really kind of. You soak yourself into it. Mm. Um, that's what I enjoyed about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the production design. Like, the colors and the... It's so... It's very red. Yeah, it's... it's so yes. red. Red, green, purple. Mm-hmm. They're all there. And and to the point where I was reading, and I think it, I think Argento um, covered the, the set lights with film. Like, with a kind oh. of cellophane or something for that, that. i sense. mean that's but it it the whole thing just bleeds that yeah yeah sometimes literally in some scenes like that opening scene i i remember that opening scene pretty vividly yeah and it's like crazy it's freaking weird oh it's in and the the weird 
sound edits that they'll do with the music too. Mm-hmm. You know, where she's coming, so she, you know, at that very first thing, she's walking out of the airport, and as she's walking to the door, the ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it cuts back to the cameras looking at her and watching her face as she's walking out, and the music immediately, it's a hard cut to silence oh. of her mm-hmm. and her face, and you hear the airport, airport sounds, and then another cut back to the, you know, we're approaching the doorway, and the ding. Like it, huh. but and the music comes in right where it stopped. Oh, it's weird. almost like a comedy. It's almost a comical yeah. kind of music. Cut. It's almost like a joke, <laughs> but it's not. Right. Um, it works. It's just kind of a funny, uh, funny moment. You yeah. Know? So, in your opinion, does Suspiria nineteen seventy seven does it earn its spot as the cult classic and sort of calling card for Italian horror cinema that it's become? I think so. Yeah, okay. I really liked it. Good. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so with that, uh, flash forward 41 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 41? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to butcher this dude's name. Luca Guadino? Something. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, he decides that he's going to remake Suspiria based off of a, 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 a someone else's screenplay. And yeah. he, a lot of people, when he announced this, were really confused because Suspiria is such a cult classic and, and a lot of horror circles really beloved right this is like Mm -hmm. this is like gus van sant remaking psycho right (laughs) um and unlike gus van sant he's like no this is a different take on it entirely it's you it definitely its own beast it's it's not really uh quote unquote related it's not going to be a shot for shot remake it's going to be through a different lens or at least from a different point of view uh not point of view but there's there's it's it's more fleshed out you know Mm -hmm. his version's longer um but he you know really wanted to make this movie was just coming off of a best director nomination and a lot of acclaim for his previous film calling by your name and kind of had the world as his oyster a little bit because once you get one of those nominations at least once you get a shot to do whatever so Amazon took a gamble on him and they made it and we saw it and like I said it 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 follows essentially the same premise which is a woman from Ohio comes to Germany to be part of a prestigious dance troupe turns out they're witches and the dances are witch rituals and spells and whatnot a lot of the difference comes from the fact that it's about an hour longer. It's super long. It's two hours and 32 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And they've added this character named Joseph Kemper, who's sort of the audience conduit a little bit that kind of unravels the mystery of the witches. Um, I Also, to my understanding, them being witches in the original is sort of a twist. Uh, in this movie, it's kind of upfront. They That's They get true. that out of the way pretty quick. Yep. Um, it's also set, they do a lot more with when it's set, which is when Germany is dividing, um, into, or when Berlin is dividing into, well, yeah, I guess Germany, right? East and West Germany. Um, and the, the Bader-Meinhof, uh, conflict with the hostages on the plane, that keeps weaving its way throughout the narrative, um, and sort of relating to what's going on, um, in the, in the story. So it's, it's quite different i would say mm-hmm. um even based on the little i've seen uh it opens significantly differently um at least yeah and um yeah that's about it so ariel what did you think about 
Suspiria 2018? Um, it was very long. Mm-hmm. Yes. I There was a lot that I really liked. And then there was also some things that I didn't love. So I, but I, the whole, you know, we were talking about this before where I watched it really late. I watched a 945 showing on a Sunday and that was when the time change happened. So it felt like 1045 and then it's two and a half hours. Yeah. So I got out of there really late, but I was not ever sleepy. So I was engaged for the whole two and a half hours and there was a lot for me to think about. Mm. Like there was a lot of things that I love. I, so I love psychoanalytic criticism, mm-hmm. as especially as it pertains to horror. And this film is a wet dream for psychoanalysts. Yeah. And clearly he, you know, the director and the screenplay writer love it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, um, I really liked it. I'm having trouble pinpointing how much I liked it. Okay. Um, I just know that I really liked it. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that I I keep going back and forth on whether or not I want to use the word love for it. Yeah. I I think I did. I okay. think I loved it. Okay. Um, but because, it, 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 like you said, it gives you a lot to think about. And after I was just like, what the hell? Like, right. Yeah. What was that? It gets super weird. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it felt assaultive. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. Everything I'm going to say might sound like I'm knocking the movie, but it does it so well. And it's usually something I would probably not be into, but it's so well made, I think, that I can't help but kind of love it and respect it a lot mm-hmm. for for what it did. Um, so what are some of the things that you really liked? Really about liked. Um, okay, I liked... I thought it was weird at first because I had just seen the first Suspiria Mm -hmm. and we're talking about how rich the colors are, everything. And then you go into this film, but I liked how different, I feel like they made that choice on purpose to instantly distance you from it was, you know, it's drab. Yeah. It's real muted. Muted colors, everything. I mean, there's a couple moments that they'll call back and it'll, everything will be saturated in Mm -hmm. red or something like that. But for the most part, totally muted, totally drab, um, really stark. Yeah. And kind of barren. So I liked that. I liked that. I really liked in general, um, I've seen a lot of new horror films that tend to reimagine whether it's a original, you know, a film, an old film or it's an old concept and they'll kind of reimagine it and subvert it where this one, uh, the one before is, Oh my gosh, we're running away from the witches. Mm -hmm. And this one is more, um, I don't know if you're entirely on their side, but you, you might be, you know what right. I mean? It's definitely yeah. from a different perspective. And I liked, I liked that. That felt subversive and cool. But, um, the part that I loved most and that made me really, really into it was of course the scene, uh, the dance scene where there's someone on the floor below and she's Holy kind of moly. performing a spell. That was one of my favorite scenes I've recently seen in a film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. That is one of the craziest things I think I've seen in a theater. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I knew, so uh, to fill you guys in, there's a scene where the main character is uh, approached by Madame Blanc, who's sort of the, the head instructor for the dance troupe. And she's told to dance the role of the protagonist in the um, performance that they're getting ready to do. And 
right before that happened, a woman named Olga yells at them, says she's leaving the troop, leaves the room, gets her stuff, and uh, Tilda Swinton's Madame Blanc, she, uh, like, imbues Susie, is the character's name, she, she imbues Susie with, is it Susie? Yeah. Yeah, she imbues Susie with uh, th- this power, um, and then there's another witch that it seems like is also in Olga's head mm-hmm. that's drawing her into this dance, this sort of mirrored dance room. Mm-hmm. And she draws Olga in there. Susie starts performing the dance of the protagonist in Volk, which is the name of the, the, the dance um, or the name of the, the piece that they're performing. And uh, as Susie is dancing the protagonist part, Olga is in this mirrored dance studio and she is getting uh, just twi- absolutely contorted um, yeah. and brutalized by, by the, the stance. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and that's sort of the big reveal of what's really going on that the dances are rituals for the witches. And it is one of the most brutal things I think I've ever seen in a movie. And it I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. I had heard about oh, it on Twitter. Oh, you heard about it? Okay. I yeah. heard about it on Twitter months ago okay. because they debuted the first footage from Suspiria at CinemaCon back in June. Okay. And the footage they debuted was just that scene totally out of context <laughs> right after lunch. Great. <laughs> and uh, my Twitter exploded because they were like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And... The descriptions that I read on Twitter were, I mean, they went into detail and they were totally accurate. I felt like I was still ill-prepared to handle that sequence. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sequence is, it's something else, man. It's, I couldn't believe it. And I saw it with a friend who had no idea it was coming. Yeah. He's, I didn't know. Yeah. And, uh. I don't want to say he's sensitive to that kind of stuff, but he like he feels a lot when he watches stuff. So he was absolutely horrified. Yeah, it's really straight body horror, and it was yeah. well done. The part with her jaw, yeah, is man, it <laughs> holy crap! And then she's just this like pile of broken bones and bodily fluids afterwards. Oh, uh, that was yeah, that was. Just really creative. I mean, just a really yeah. creative scene. Yeah. It so. was great. <laughs> it was it was so <laughs> great. Um, yeah. So that, that sequence is, I mean, it's a showstopper. And that's, sure. yeah. And it happens early on enough where, you know, I'm, I'm watching the film, but I don't know if on the fence is the right word, but, you know, it's early enough in the film where you haven't mm-hmm. made up your mind up about the film. You don't know. Right. But that made me realize, yeah, this is great. I'm yeah. really enjoying this. Yeah. Um, that, and then I really liked the ending too, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Right, right, right. Um, I liked that. I, well, not that, I didn't like the ending ending, but I, I think the part you're talking about, I really liked. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The big reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, the final ritual. Mm-hmm. I really liked that sequence a lot. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so, so what else? Um, what else that I liked? Mm-hmm. I love Tilda Swinton mm-hmm. and I love her doing three different roles. Yeah. Um, I really liked, is it um, Dakota Johnson? Is that her name? Yes. I liked her. She's good. She's real good. I'd never seen Fifty Shades of Grey and it's, you know, I'm one of those snobs that would, you know, laugh at Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. But um, she really did well in this role. I don't know anything about dancing. 
mm-hmm. but it looked like she knew her stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, clearly a lot of training and a lot of power in that. It was compelling. And when it started, when, when she was going to do her audition, I thought, oh no, oh no, this isn't going to be believable for me. It's yeah. going to take me out. And it didn't. It was great. Well, and the it. thing with that scene is there's no music in that scene. I know. I thought it would be so painful. Yeah. They did a great job. She did a great job. And uh, that was that was fun. What else did I like? Um, I think the casting was really well. Mm-hmm. Just everyone. Yeah. Everyone seemed cast really well. Um, I liked the faces. Everyone had like a distinct yeah, face. Yeah, maybe that's it. Was yes. I didn't know all the character names because there's a lot of witches that are kind of yes. part of it, and yes. most of them get named via the subtitles while they're having these sort of telepathic conversations. <laughs> um, yeah, and you have no idea. Yeah, and so you're like, one of them said it, sure. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I like I still knew who everyone was. If that makes sense. They were sense. so distinct. Yeah, like they all had a different look. They were. Yeah, they were very distinct. They Some of them were weird looking. Until this one, you know, yeah, yeah. definitely has yeah. that look to her. Um, I liked, I thought it was a cool, different idea. Because in the original, there's a, you know, it's a dance academy. Right. And then there are witches who run it. But mm. it's not really linked. I mean, I guess you could infer that. I mean, clearly the students are affected. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty explicit in the in the new one that, you know they can dance these things that are spells and give power or do whatever Mm -hmm. to the witch's end. Mm -hmm. And that's not spelled out in the, in the original because the original, again, more like a fever dream. So it's kind of images and ideas and the plot doesn't really, it's not that important. The plot is not that important. And this one, the plot is important. I thought it was a clever reimagining of it. Okay. Where they kind of made it more explicit like that. Yeah, I liked how much the movie explained while still being mysterious. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like it hit a really nice balance of keeping the mystery central to it and revealing enough information to kind of keep it propelling forward without really letting you quote unquote figure out what was going on necessarily. Um, And I think the addition of the Joseph Kemper character helped that a lot. Um, I think that having that character there to sort of unravel the mystery from Patricia's diary was Mm -hmm. a really nice way to reveal the central mythos of the movie, which is that there are three ancient witches that predate God, um, whose name is escaping me right now. So there's Mother Suspirium. Mother Suspiriorum. Suspiriorum. Mother, is it Lacrimosa or is that? I don't know. Um, it's mother of tears, mother of sighs, and mother of darkness. Yes. So whatever that is in Latin. Yes. Mother Suspiriorum is sighs. And I don't remember the Latin for the other ones. I don't either. So, with that, uh, side note, I thought that it meant sighs, (laughs) S-I-Z-E. Okay. Yes. And it's not. No. (laughs) It's sighs, S-I-G-H-S. And I watched a YouTube video that explained that. And I was like, a lot more stuff makes a lot more sense now. Okay. Uh, Yes. um, That would be confusing. Yeah. So, especially because, uh, spoilers, uh, Mother Suspiriorum shows up at the end of the movie. And I was like, she's not that big. Oh my goodness. She's pretty regular. Yeah. 
Um, so while we have D- Dakota Johnson's kind of journey into this dance academy, there kind of there's kind of an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot, and uh, that's why it's two and a half hours because the movie kind of assigns a little bit the same importance to all three, but not in a bad way. Um, the other plot is that there's this power struggle happening in the coven, um, between Madame Blanc and, uh, this other woman named, uh, Madame Marcos, right? Marcos? Yeah, Marcos. Yeah. yeah. And they had like a witch vote. They, the, the, the it's the, of who to follow. <clears throat> and Madame Marcos won. Madame Blanc's not super into that. Um, and the reason Madame marcos one is because she's been saying that she is mother suspiriorum but they need to hold a ritual in order for mother suspiriorum to take over her body um and that resolves by and this is that's probably the a plot now that i'm thinking about it because this is what the the true the quote true ending of the movie mm-hmm. is is they the 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 volk dance is meant to complete that ritual but sarah who's another woman in the dance troupe um kind of figures out that they're witches and is not on board with that and breaks her leg and the witches heal it they bring her back into the volk performance space so that she can finish it so the ritual's completed and mother suspiriorum can take over madam marcus's body and uh her leg re-breaks and in the moment you don't really know why and then they have one final shot at the ritual but it has to happen underground under different circumstances so Susie shows up for the final ritual and reveals that she in fact has been mother suspiriorum all along and is there to exact her revenge on Madame Marcos for uh, pretending to be her, basically. And she kills Madame Marcos. Also, Madame Marcos is like a weird bubbly lady. Yeah. <laughs> also Tilda Swinton. Yeah, which is also Tilda Swinton <laughs> in one of her three roles. Which I did not know. Yeah. I knew she was Kemper or Kemper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't know she was Madame Marcos until I looked it up after. Yeah, I didn't know until I looked it they up. They did a heck of a job on the makeup with so that. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way Tilda Swinton like changed her posture for it mm-hmm. was like I, you could I still kind of don't believe it like, <laughs> just because I've seen it. I didn't. You can because you can see her in the Kemper makeup. Or Kemper you can see her. Um, yeah. I couldn't really see her, even looking back on it. it no, it's that. too much. It's a blob. Yeah. yeah. Bulbous, you know? Yeah. She's yeah. got, like, little extra hands. I don't know if you yeah, noticed I, that. Yeah, no, the baby hands. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of uh, SNL. I don't know if you know that Kristen Wiig skin. Yes, where yes. Where she has the little hands. In a good way. It was in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there was, I just noticed it one quick shot, and I was like, hold up, do she have baby hands on her elbow? <laughs> It was super weird, yeah. and uh, she had like cool sunglasses for some I reason. I love the sunglasses. I yeah. thought her design was great. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Madame Marcos kills Madame Blanc, and then Susie reveals, "Oh, I was Mother Suspiriorum all along." Summons Mother Suspiriorum, and she goes and kills Madame uh, Marcos and uh, any of the witches that voted. Yeah. To keep her in power because she was claiming that she was Madame Suspiriorum. 
Um, and it's crazy. That sequence is nuts. Yeah. It's, uh, it just gets super weird and dark and violent. That's when it goes, I think that's when it goes full Suspirium. Uh-huh. And it gets, co- I mean, it's just coated in red. Yes. It's super vibrant. It's really, like, demonic looking. And, like, Mother Suspiriorum looks crazy. Yeah. And she's making people's heads explode left and right. And, I don't know, I really love that sequence. I wish that it ended on that. Yeah. In the original Suspiria, um, obviously totally different, but... Um, at the end, she finally realizes they're witches, you know, running, scary, blah, blah, blah. And she ends up killing, you know, or so we think, you know, um, Madame Marcos mm. and runs out because things start like exploding left and right. The whole okay. building is just losing its, you know, losing its mind. And she runs out, manages to make it out. Um, everything catches fire in the building. Roll credits. Okay. So it ends with just, there's no coming down. It's just, here's the height of insanity, and yeah. then we're going to be done. Yeah. And I know that this one is a very different film, but I just, I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. And then it kept going. Like, there was a thing, and I'm like, no, no. Yeah. No, we don't need yeah. an end cap. Well, yeah, because it says it's six acts and an epilogue at the beginning of yes. the movie. Yes, yes. Um, which I, it made me laugh when I saw me that. Me too. Because I thought it was super pretentious. It was like actually, Wes Anderson? Was yeah, it, it said, because it, it said like, uh, whatever the production, like Amazon Studios and whatever Luca Guadino's production company yeah. is presents a story in, uh, what, it, a story in six, a story and an epilogue in six acts set in divided Berlin. And I was like, calm down, movie. Yes. <laughs> like, we're, we don't have this type of a relationship yet. And it was funny because I came into it thinking, okay, it's two and a half hours. And then he said six acts and an epilogue. And it felt like five hours. Yeah. Like, when I saw that. Yeah. I actually liked the act breaks a lot. Um, I thought they really worked for me. Okay. I don't know what you thought about them. I... I okay, so for me, this film, what I liked about it was the witches in mm-hmm. the dance academy. I did not need, I didn't need Mister Doctor Man uh-huh. doing his thing. Although I love Tilda Swinton, I was here for Tilda Swinton. Um, I didn't need that. I didn't need um, Berlin. I'm set in this certain setting, and I have to keep, you know everything we talk it's on the tv it's on background i didn't need those things so for me the the acts i just feel like it could have been trimmed down so much Mm -hmm. you know i mean and clearly that's not the point i mean i know that he wanted to do this it feels very much like a labor of love right for himself yeah yeah but then it feels like it's for himself a lot is you know i mean that's kind of my point yeah um yeah i get that i liked the doctor stuff i liked I liked having the setting kind of pop up here and there, but I think you could have done that in the dance studio. Uh, most of the time we get uh-huh. updates on the, the Bader-Meinhof situation. It's outside it's when we're random. with the doctor. Yeah, and it's kind, of, it's kind of out of place. And not, it's not out of place. Um, but it's just like, it, it just kind of pops. It seems arbitrary when they decide to reveal information with it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are talking about how all of that kind of comes together in service of the movie's themes. I didn't pick up on that too much. I don't know if you did. There's I, a, like a little bit of it. But... I read about that too. And yeah, I mean, I, I can see the argument. It just yeah. feels like a thin argument to me. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, of course you can make that argument. But for me, it didn't feel like 
a necessary thing. It felt like I want to do this. So let me, let me see if there's any tenuous connection that I can make so that I'm allowed to do it. Yeah. It felt like decoration. Yeah. Um, which I'm not necessarily opposed to, but yeah, I, 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 I see, even though it worked for me, I also see that someone could be like, I really didn't need that. Like, I, yeah. And it's some of the, there was, cause there was, there was that element it was funny because this one had almost an element of mystery with that doctor character. Yeah. Where, um, you know, we get some of his backstory and we have at the end some, I don't know, maybe we can talk about the ending because I was confused as to why they would zoom in on that. That was weird. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I, so his backstory, it just felt like I don't need to know that he had this wife that he missed and they got lost and blah, and he doesn't know what happened to her. Right. Um, you know, it didn't, it just felt so weird because this film was talking about women and very deliberately was centered on women like right. Suspiria, like right. the original. And even in the way that they cast Tilda Swinton in the, in the man's role, I love that. I think that's fun. You know, that's right. saying, oh, we're going to have a woman tell the story anyway. Right. But then to have it be a male character who were getting all his backstory, I'm like, I don't care. I mean, shouldn't we just make this about the women? Well, Can and we then- keep it that way? I- I don't understand what he was trying to say by the way his story ended. So, yeah, he's <laughs> he's got this wife that he misses and he doesn't know if she escaped Germany. She's Jewish, right? Yeah. He doesn't know if she escaped Germany and they just got separated. He doesn't know if she ended up in a concentration camp, whatever. So, like, crazy head exploding Mortal Kombat times happen. And then uh, we get the epilogue, which is... Uh, oh, at, so he uncovers the mystery of the 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 dance academy and figures out that they're witches they get to him and kidnap him by mm-hmm. making him hallucinate his wife they kidnap him and have him be a witness to the ritual um yep. and then they just kind of send him on his they're like okay good job done. they're just cool with him after that I mean, I think the it was weird because I didn't understand the concept of the witness, but I right. think the point was they wanted a surviving witness. Right. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's never really fully explained. I'm sure there's some metaphorical significance to it. Yeah. So they're like, but it, it just felt weird because they were mad at him for like getting rid of Patricia's belongings and throwing the hook into the river and then it, like, the ritual, they, like, start screaming at him and telling him how dirty he made the hook. Which I loved that. Yes. I loved that part because he's, you know, he's with his wife and then suddenly he's alone and it's silent and he's standing outside of the Dance Academy building. And it was, it freaked me out. Yeah. Like, in a kind of, it kind of exponentially freaked me out. Yeah. Because she just runs out screaming. Yeah. And just doesn't stop. It, it's like a eight second scream. <laughs> Something really long and yeah. disturbing. That was really good. But you're right. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. That part doesn't make sense. I also like that because it switches from a steady cam shot to handheld. Which they did that a lot. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it felt like whenever the movie was disoriented or the characters were disoriented, the movie went handheld. Uh-huh. Uh, and I liked that. I think that's a really good visual shorthand. And I like some of those handheld like zoom-ins that mm-hmm. would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's a witness to the ritual. Gets sent on his merry way. Obviously needs some recovery time after that. Uh, he, so his uh, like caretaker made something or other. Yeah. Gives him food in bed. And then Susie shows up, apologizes for what they did to him. 
tells him that his wife ended up in a concentration camp and was there for 20 days before she died of exposure to the cold. Um, and then erases her from his memory. Everything. Uh, yeah. He, she erases, she says all the, what is it? All the women who have held you back or something. I don't, I just, yeah, it's something about, I don't remember the exact quote. I just remember her saying, we need guilt and shame, just not yours. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know what the point of that is. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand. I don't know. She just like does eternal sunshine of the spotless mind for him for some reason. Yeah. And then the movie's over. But it zooms in because it, it. it fla- it's a flash forward mm-hmm. to, um, did it give a date? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash forwards to modern day. Yeah. Where... Um, maybe someone's on their cell phone, yeah. so it's clear, and it's summer or springtime. Yeah. And he had this cottage that he would go, and it- it's implied that him and his wife would go and vacation there, or, some- or they lived there at one point or whatever. Their mm-hmm. initials are carved into the side of the house. Then it flash forwards to modern day, and... Uh, it does a handheld zoom in. Yes. Onto the heart with the A plus J on it. And then it's roll and that's credits. It. And I don't really understand. I don't know if we're supposed to be taking his character as the main character of the movie because the movie starts and ends with him. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of the framing device, but then they give him way more. That's my point is, yeah. you know, great. If you want a framing device, great. Perfect. Right. Random doctor great do it yeah but then when we get his sob story and then his memories erase and we zoom in as the final word of this look at their love it's eternal i mean is that what it's i can't imagine that that's what it's supposed to mean but that is either what my mind goes to for a symbol like that yeah and a choice like that yeah and it just doesn't make sense because like Susie's the main character and then all of a sudden she's not i don't know i don't i i was confused by that and it's, conf- it's it also was when she tells him the story of the wife, you know, and he's crying this whole time and right. everything. She's doing it not with malice, but also not with kindness. Yeah. She is just doing it. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Like what she feels she owes to him or how she thinks she's helping him. I don't know. And like, I almost feel like it's borderline... It's it's got like a borderline weird message about mental health in that. Hmm. Um where it's just like, well, you'd be better off just erasing painful memories. And it's like, well, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, I guess, but like that's not how you, it works. I guess you could read it that way. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and I didn't like there's something the witches say to him when they grab him and pull him into the dance academy mm-hmm. when he's been bewitched to end up there. Um, that really felt, was really off-putting to me, where they said something about, um, you don't, you know, you don't listen to women, you just think they're delusional? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, she says, because, uh, so the, the movie begins with Chloe Grace Moretz coming to him and saying, like, hey, they're a bunch of witches, and, uh, you know, he's a psychiatrist, so he's not particularly aggressive with her because he's it's assumed he's good at his job yeah. but he writes down that she's delusional and she's having these delusions that these women are witches and it's just a symptom of some grander mental illness that she has yeah and yeah she says that like 
she tells him like when women tell you the truth you don't believe them you just say they're delusional yes that was it that was yeah. the line and and that felt so ham-fisted it felt like such a weird way to just for someone to insert themselves it just felt like a dude sticking his head in and being like hey i'm a feminist i support you <laughs> yeah like my film and that so that took me out entirely and it 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 didn't it also didn't make sense because you know what a psychiatrist does? Listens to problems and diagnoses them clinically. Yeah. He doesn't yes. believe them. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that is not his job. Yeah, if he believed every insane thing <laughs> someone said to him, That's he'd be not... really bad at his job. But you know what? Like, to his credit, he does more than a lot of psychiatrists would. Because yeah. he doesn't believe in witches because he's not... I mean, how many average people in your life... would? Even in this film, if you went to a random person who worked at the cafe while the TV was on... Right. Nope, they're not going to believe it. So, to his credit, he doesn't believe that there are witches, but he does, and he explains this in the film to someone else. Yeah. Um, no, I don't believe in witch. Oh, yeah, it's the police so, who are yeah. being kind of mocking him, kind of scoffing at him when he says the thing about witches. And yeah. he says, no, I don't believe in witches, but I do believe that people can believe it and do harmful things. Yeah. In a belief system. Yeah. And that made perfect sense. That's very pragmatic. And he was actually concerned for her well-being. She didn't. He didn't know where she went. And he looked into it. Yeah. And he found the diary where he, like, found, yep. like, the weird... Like, she broke down the hierarchy of the witch system. Yes. And that doesn't totally sell him on it, but it gets him to ask the questions. And definitely by the end of the movie, he believes, you know? So it felt like a really weird... Uh, the line stuck out like a sore thumb for me. Yeah. And it, I'm glad you brought that up because I'd forgotten about that. But yeah. yeah, it did for me. I was like, what the hell? Like That was a big, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like this... Like you said, it felt really ham-fisted. Yeah. Like it just was like, time to put 2018 things in here. There's like a joke that I always make with stuff like this because... You know, I mean, I love stuff with pre predominantly women and mm -hmm. everything, and I'm a feminist, and I love supporting women and blah, blah, all that. Um, so I'm saying this because I do think, I think that sometimes we do it and it's, or you see it happen and it feels just like capitalism trying to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. In, I don't know if you ever watched Supergirl, the show. No. I'm sure there's a lot of good things about it, but I just saw the pilot. And okay. there's a scene in the pilot where... Um, someone is watching on the new in a diner. They're watching the news on the TV about Supergirl saving someone, mm -hmm. and she says loudly in the diner to no one in particular. Finally, a female superhero hero my daughter can look up to. Oh no! And that's how I felt about this line <laughs> in Suspiria. I felt like it was so jarring yeah well and like you said they're also brutalizing and terrorizing the man when they're doing this <laughs> and it's like hang on like he was trying to do right by her yes he was like, <laughs> right come on yeah so that felt i'm not sure what they i don't know it felt like you didn't need to make the argument that you were supporting women and the fact that you suddenly feel the need to right. why well and also i feel like the movie does enough with like female empowerment to not have to put something that lame in there the whole film is about women except yeah. except again his story yes which, which uh, yeah not a fan but everything else was yeah and but i mean like you said even his story is about a woman once you peel back the layers of makeup right 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 so it yeah i don't know but so that's, I take issue with some of those things and, but the, that being said, the reason I really like the film, I think, I mean, there's a lot of, 
it felt like there was a lot of goodies to talk about and mm-hmm. to kind of soak in and think about, you know, with even someone mentioned Lacan in passing, like they were going to a lecture of Lacan, yes. which was even better because that's even, that's not Freud or Jung. That's, yeah. that's a little bit more obscure. Yeah. Which I, I thought it was really interesting too. the, speaking of psychoanalytic things, um, how they would look through mirrors a lot of the shots yes yeah wasn't that weird and cool i did like that i did too um and you know obviously like the mirror stage is big in psychoanalytic criticism and um yeah there's a lot to think about but sometimes then when i pull back i'm like well you're thinking yeah you're thinking about it but is it a cohesive film that so there's stuff that I, that's why I'm saying there's stuff that I loved, but I think like as a cohesive film, did I love it? Probably not, mm-hmm. but I still really enjoyed watching it. I think that's why I'm going back and forth on whether or not I loved it uh-huh. because like it feels a little baggy. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Um, it just, it feels, there's some bloat to it. It could have been trimmed down. Um, I think to its credit, it's, uh, not all just pretentious bs because i feel like a lot of movies like this have that like potential Mm -hmm. um i think this movie threads the needle very nicely as far as telling kind of a compelling narrative and sticking within a fairly normal narrative structure and not really screwing with that too much while also being really experimental and friggin weird um and that's kind of how I like my surrealism. I don't like, I don't like to watch a movie and think it should be in a museum because I'm not <laughs> in a museum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it feels very, it feels like I'm watching it in the wrong context. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of how I felt about Mother. I thought Mother was really navel gazy and masturbatory. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I think that um, Mother got really well received for the most part from critics and so has this, but I felt like people talked about Mother for way longer than they've been talking about this. I think this movie is superior to Mother in just about every other way. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't heard much about this one. I haven't, I mean, among my friends, you mm-hmm. know, I haven't seen it yeah. on my newsfeed. Yeah. Like I did with Mother. People would not shut up about Mother. Yeah. Whether they hated it or not. Yeah. Or even something like The Witch. Like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, I feel like this movie is right in line with something like The Witch. Um, I actually like this a little bit more than I like The Witch, too. Okay. Um, but I think that I've heard people talk about that for kind of a long time. And, like, I've just seen a lot of people who are like, oh, Suspiria's good or Suspiria's great. And that's the end of the conversation they're yeah. having with people. Um, you know, I mean, The Witch penetrated society enough to... Black Phillip has a Funko Pop. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we're going to get that for Olga. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, oh, man. Yeah, that... You know, have you seen... Did you see the uh, Black Coat's Daughter? You ever no, seen that I one? didn't. This movie, in tone, reminded me a lot of that film. Okay. And it also reminded me a lot of what I was talking about with, the, like, kind of that new horror trend of subverting mm-hmm. what you think, because that's a that's a possession movie. Um, but the, the twist on the genre of the, I don't typically love possession. They're not my, it's not my favorite subgenre of horror, but, um, the twist on that one is that she wants to be possessed. 
Like, she's devastated In when she's not. In the Black Hood's daughter? Uh-huh. Okay. And I love that. Like, yeah, it's such good. a perfect... I don't love possession films because the the overt rape metaphor feels mm-hmm. stupid and tired and I'm, I don't need it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And usually kind of sexist. So that's why. But for that, like, if she's into it, mm-hmm. perfect. Yes. Yeah. But it felt like that because then, you know, Susie all about it i mean she yeah. is you know the mother of size so yeah well and i like the way the i like a movie that recontextualizes itself uh-huh um yeah. and this one totally does because once you find out she's mother superiorum you're like oh so when this happened she totally knew uh-huh so when this happened she totally knew so you understand that she's actually been driving the events of the film within the dance academy 100 percent and you feel at, at the beginning when you're kind of getting a little bit of her background from her you know ohio farm life mm-hmm. you feel kind of bad because you'll get those flashbacks of she's not accepted by her family her mom says that thing when she's dying about you know the priest is giving last rites and he's saying uh what you know what do you what do you need to repent for and she mm-hmm. says my daughter she yeah. was my greatest sin. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. But then it all makes sense. Yeah, she says this is she's the smear I left oh, on the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that uh that's the greatest well, mother-daughter relationship, yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like her mom outside of that line, the only other thing she does is sigh. Yes. Um, right. which makes sense. Uh-huh. That's that was the thing when I found out S I G H S. I was like, oh, cause the ma. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think uh, I totally forgot what. Mm. What we're we talking about? We're talking. Oh, about... a movie that recontextualizes. There that. we go. So I liked thinking about that movie once we find out that she's Mother Superiorum, and then being like, oh, okay. oh that's why Sarah's leg rebroke during the Volk performance. Mm-hmm. Because Susie knew that the Volk performance was to get Mother Superiorum into Madame Marcos. Yeah. So she interrupted it. Because it didn't make sense for her leg to re-break during that. Because the other witches healed it. Uh And it was like, so is their magic just not powerful? Right. Did they just screw it up? (laughs) And then you find that out and you're like, oh, no, it was intentional on Susie's end. She She stepped in as Mother Superiorum. And did that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to her, which is also consistent with what she does to Olga earlier in the movie, just on a much smaller scale. So they even set that up in that sequence. Um, but it's not something you can put two and two together on until you see the final sequence yeah. or the final ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's why it, it, this movie has really been sticking with me Yeah, is because I feel like every day since I've seen it, I've gone, oh, that's why, because she was Mother Superior this and this and this happened. Yeah, yeah. And I like that a lot. I think it would benefit from multiple viewings. Yes. Like you could sit for another two Yeah, and a half but hours. I don't know if I want to dedicate five hours of Yeah. But it could be one of those where you get more from it. Yeah. Um, that second time around. I didn't... Um, I wish the dream, the weird nightmare stuff mm-hmm. wasn't there also. Oh, yeah. Um, that didn't feel creative to me. And it was disappointing because that this film had really creative moments Mm -hmm. and for it to kind of just throw that and be like, here, let's put weird images in a dream. Yeah. I, I, there's one 
it's almost a throwaway line, but there's one line that kind of made me okay with it, which is after she has her first freak out, one of the other women tells her, oh yeah, I had dreams of hairballs and toilets for three weeks before I got a decent night's sleep. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of lets you know that Madame Blanc does this to every one of the new women to see which one is going to be like the prepared or ready or yeah. Yeah, but it's just, like, the images themselves felt sure. lazy. Yeah. So that was kind of my, you know, my issue. And, and again, I I think I'm disappointed because I know, because there were really creative moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. So clearly they are capable of doing something cooler with that. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in the original that is not, it's not nightmares, but it, feels like a nightmare where um Susie's going to bed and she's brushing her hair okay. in the mirror and something kind of like gets in it she's like oh okay and she like pulls it out of her hair and it is a maggot like it's it, it's a close-up the camera's close up on this maggot and you're like that's disgusting because you're yeah. immediately just revolted by the maggot and then she reacts again and something falls in her hair again and she looks up and through the boards there's maggots there's hundreds of maggots it is the most horrifying (laughs) image and it's it's something where i mean i guess maggots aren't that original but just the idea that suddenly maggots are coming from and then all the girls run out of their room and they're screaming and they're going to another floor so the whole thing is just i wanted more of that i wanted imagery that was evocative and Mm -hmm. felt like i couldn't say i'd seen it before right so yeah, well, and also the movie feels really insular with Susie, which is fine, I guess. Mm, we don't yeah. really get a good sense of the other girls. Like they, no, that's true. They're not often, which has been a problem I've noticed lately with movies. I don't know why. First Man had this problem, mm-hmm. um, where it's all Neil Armstrong. Like we don't okay. really get another perspective outside. We don't really get a sense of Buzz Aldrin. We don't get a sense of Michael Collins. Yeah, we get a sense of Neil Armstrong's wife because he's married to her so he spends a lot of time with her mm-hmm. um we don't get a sense of the heads of nasa it's not this sort of the team that came together to land on the moon it is for it, like we said on the podcast it is only man it's not first man it is only it's 100 <laughs> percent everything from his perspective yeah um bohemian rhapsody felt that way okay. i felt like we were really insular with freddie mercury he's uh-huh. the only one and something like Walk the Line works when you do that mm-hmm. because it's about Johnny Cash. Freddie Mercury is the most famous member of Queen, but he's a member of Queen. We don't really get a sense of who Brian May is as a person or mm-hmm. Roger Taylor. or We just get a sense of how Freddie Mercury sees these people. The problem with that is we also don't really ever understand how big Queen gets. Yeah. And so um, in this movie, we don't really... See, the girls have too much weird stuff outside of, they're like, oh, I had weird dreams for a couple weeks, and then... Uh, yeah. I, and they were all the same as all the other women, and no one's questioned it. Um, <laughs> we're fine. Yeah. Uh, so, that, I, I, you know, compared to the original one, where this is sort of a group hallucination or d- experience, um, you, it, it fleshes out the world a lot more. Yeah. This one, it's very much... Susie's story, Madame Blanc's story, and Kemper's story. Yeah, because the only one you really get um, a sense of... I mean, I guess you get a sense of Patricia a mm-hmm. little. And But Sarah. then she's gone for the rest of the movie, yeah. so I don't count her. Yeah, and then Sarah. 
Yeah. Even in the original, I mean, there's not a lot of time spent with the rest of them, but there are... Uh, I think you get more of a sense of personalities. Yeah. There's this one scene where two girls are bickering, and even that felt like a little bit more personality than these, who are always background. Yeah. Except when they're, like, you know, one, something creepy needs to happen. Yeah, and they're just, like, sitting there waiting for Madame Blanc to interact with them. Yeah, they're not existing outside yeah. of the plot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You have no sense of that. They are props, almost. Yeah, they don't have names. No. Other than Olga and Sarah and Patricia. And the witches have a little personality. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's more that their faces look interesting, like you yeah. said. I yeah. don't know if they actually have personality. Well, there's that one, that one woman. That one looks like Edna Moe. Yes, I was, I was just getting ready to say that exact same yes. thing. Wait, why did she, why did she stab herself? Mother Suspiriorum did that, I think. Okay. I, I didn't, it did not make any sense to me. Okay. I think that she is the one who was pulling the strings for Madame Marcos. I think she's one of the ones oh. who voted for Madame Marcos. And I think it's implied that she's the one who got into Olga's head to bring her into the mirrored dance studio. Okay. And I think Mother Suspiriorum knew she had to kill her before the ritual because she was really powerful and she could have screwed it up. That's kind of how I read it, but I could be totally wrong about okay. it. Okay. All right. That could be just headcanon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. okay. Um, but that's because then it becomes another woman that's sort of on the Mountain Blanc end of stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. she's the, she's always the one who's like watching. She's like above she everyone else. Yes. And watching them and like kind of making a psychic adjustments as she needs oh, okay. with the other women. That's what I got. That's, that's what I got from her. I could see that. And yeah. then at the once all it's said and done there's that other woman who's sitting in the same chair who's kind of bird's eye view watching everything Mm -hmm. and she's the one who starts crying at the end oh yeah Yeah. um so i think she was like a madame blanc survivor she obviously was because she survived the the massacre massacre. um why did madame blanc get her neck blown off though even though yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know why mother suspirium waited for that i don't know if she thought that like even i wonder if she thought that i'll let madame marcos kill madame blanc because i Susie, like madame blanc a lot was that but she also has to go because she's really powerful but then she wasn't dead it's like it was almost like a warning shot yeah or some sort of and i wondered i think i had heard or someone i talked to someone about it where maybe that had offered the idea that maybe it was because Madame Blanc um, wasn't like, what's, what am I trying to say? That Madame Blanc still wanted to go forward with what was happening. Mm -hmm. Almost like, like her disciple was being unfaithful in a way. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. Where she's like, Oh, here you go. I have to punish you, but you're still alive. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is she alive at the end of the movie? I think so, because they put her head like that, and yeah. she goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I think she had to go she away. She so much blood, though. But she's like, magical. Yeah, I she's guess She's a magical so. witch. I mean, I guess I can't question that stuff too much in, the, in a movie <laughs> that has this sort of stuff in it. So, yeah. um, to kind of wrap it up, 
The original Suspiria was the first in a trilogy of Dario Argento movies about the three witches. Uh-huh. Um, Suspiria, Inferno, and The Mother of Tears, um, which just wrapped up in 2007. Um, Suspiria 2018 has a post credit scene that's apparently Susie just kind of l- looking in the middle distance and doing a hand gesture is what I've t- I'm told. I, you saw it. So, yeah... I don't know what it was. <laughs> Someone I saw it with said that it was her make, uh, painting the A that we see. Oh. Okay. What, what was the A? Do you know? No. See? So many questions. Yeah. So it seems like Luca, either Luca, Luca Guardino or the screenwriter want to do their own version of this Three Mothers trilogy or whatever. Um, or something. Lucas talked about wanting to do a, either a Madame Blanc prequel or something that explores kind of Madame Marcos or doing a sequel to find out what she's looking at at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Luca Gordino has, is weird. He's a weird guy because he makes these movies that are Kind of seem one and done. So he made Call Me By Your Name last year, which mm-hmm. was super well received, nominated for Best Picture, got a bunch of acting awards. I think Timothy Chalamet won Best Actor last year. I could be wrong about that. I may be okay. wrong about that. He was nominated for sure. Um, he got nominated for Best Director. It's a pretty well made movie. As far as I'm concerned, that story's done. Mm-hmm. Um, he's making a sequel to it. Oh. Yeah, that's sort of like them. Because the, so the movie ends, uh, the movie's about two gay men, and the movie ends with, um, and and their romance over a summer while one of them is studying with the other one's dad as a graduate student. So then the summer ends and he's got to go back to his life and the teenager has to go back to his life. And at Christmas time, the teenager receives a call from the graduate student and he tells him, I'm getting married next year. And that's kind of the end of the movie, um, is, and then the teenager who's in love with this man is sad and the credits are just him crying by the fire and that's it. That's oh. the, yeah. Uh, while a Sufjan Stevens song plays. <laughs> um, and so he's going to make a sequel to it. That's like in the future, they like cross, cross paths, paths. Okay. again. Mm-hmm. And the, my understanding is that the book sort of touches on that in, but is as sort of an epilogue. Okay. And he's planning on doing like a trilogy Whoa. out of this. And I don't know why. It didn't seem like it even needed a sequel. I didn't like it's such a weird movie to make a sequel to. That's really strange. Such a weird movie to make a sequel yeah. to. So then he says he wants to do a sequels or and prequels to this. Like this dude's obsessed <laughs> with this stuff. But he's already announced his next project. He's adapting Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. Okay. To be uh, a feature film, which uh-huh. is Bob Dylan's album that he wrote after his divorce. Um, so it's just going to be like, here, watch this relationship breakdown. Um, <laughs> this guy, man. Yeah. I like, is okay. he going to do, is he going to be like, I want to do other Bob Dylan album, but like this yeah. one's going to be a Western called John this, Wesley Harding. This is like part of my trilogy of Bob Dylan films. Yeah. So I don't, I, this dude's sequel obsessed, which is really strange to me because he makes movies that super don't feel like they need sequels. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, would you like to see a modern, more modern interpretations of the three mothers or is, should they just leave well enough alone? 
yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on the idea. Although I would probably go see it. So I think what I would do is I would see the next one if there is one. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not yes, yes, yes to it, then I would not go see the next one. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, clearly he's establishing kind of the mythos because they reference the other mothers and everything mm. like that. But I don't know if it could stand. I don't know if it could stand in another one. Yeah, I don't either. I definitely don't want a prequel. I think the least interesting thing you can no, do please. with characters in horror movies is explain them. Please don't ever do that. Um, no. It's like the... <laughs> The Patton Oswalt joke where he's like, I don't need to know how the shit I like became the shit I like. I like that bit a lot. (laughs) Um, That's true, though. Yeah. And, uh... I just... He put too much. It was... He was juggling so much in this. And for me, he dropped the balls, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, if he... If it were going to be tighter, and, and it was going to be here's my plot and I don't need this weird historical context mm-hmm. or pseudo feminism remarks or anything like that. Right. Like just here we go. Tunnel vision. Here's my film straight down the middle. Then, then yeah. But this one was so much. It's a lot. It's a lot of movie. It's a lot of movie. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if I, part of me almost wants to see a different team take on the next one. Like I would almost like, him to sit back in like an executive producer role yeah and not really connect it to suspiria and just tell this like just tell three separate stories that are about the three mothers i could see that i'd rather that be the case than having like the the mother's universe now, <laughs> you know? the mother's cinematic universe the other mcu <laughs> wow yeah we don't need that yeah it'd be like you know how they have like 12 Hellraiser movies. Like, yeah. like 12 Mother's Back. Like, it's just <laughs> full schlock. I would yeah. do it, actually, if they did that. I yeah. <laughs> they just become, like, grindhouse movies by the end of it. That would be almost the best scenario. Yeah. It will never happen. That's true. At least it's interesting. Yes. At least that would be interesting. <laughs> um, I think that's... Uh, to connect it back to this one, I think that's why I can't fully write this movie off is because it goes big... And I like a movie that goes big. I'd mm-hmm. rather it go big and fail. Yeah. You know, at like some stuff than just be like, here's this again, you know. And yeah. this movie, I think it does enough different with the source material. It's like, um, you know, like Let the Right One In and Let Me In. Yeah. I think those are both pretty good movies. They are. But they're the exact same movie. They're the exact same movie. Yes. Man, Let Me In does not need to exist. I like that movie. It's funny because, yeah, they are both equally good. Yeah. But no need. Yeah. No need whatsoever. Like, it does nothing with the original premise. It's literally that, but in English this time. That happens all the time with horror movies. Yeah. Like, Quarantine is shot for shot a remake of Wreck. Yeah. I know they did that a lot with, I don't know, I'm thinking of, like, Asian horror cinema and how they'll Mm. do that. Like, The Uninvited is a remake of something yeah some or the ring i think the ring's pretty different from Ringo. okay i'm not sure though but yeah it's like when you do that it's just it, it, it it's hard to make it feel like anything other than a cynical cash grab yeah and so this doesn't feel like that no, obviously like no definitely not. there's well one there's not an audience for this movie there yes. just isn't yes um you know and I, 
so to all that i like that amazon took a chance on this movie they're not going to make any money on it uh i like that luca guardino was like i just got nominated for oscars let me alienate basically everyone who liked that thing (laughs) um i like that that uh it got nationally released, and it's so crazy and brutal. Um, yes, I, I can't believe it came to us. I can't. I I was watching it, going, "How did this get a national mm-hmm. release? I don't understand." Um, well, and, and from what I understand, from what I've heard, is the director saw. I think he saw Suspiria when he was young, like thirteen. Okay, wow. And so he's loved it ever since. You know, this has been his mm-hmm. his prize film, like the film he looks up to. So he's wanted to remake this forever. Right. And you're right. I mean, it is a total reimagining. A remake is not even a good word for yeah. it. It's yeah. because it's entirely different. And I think that's kind of how I like remakes to be. Yeah, for sure. Let's like, like if I went, if I was like, I love Jaws. Time to do Jaws. What do I do with, like, how yes. do I... how would you do it? Is the shark the protagonist this time? Like <laughs> We feel for the shark Yeah, now. that's, yes. like, the only angle I can come at right now. Um, I mean, there's obviously more to Suspiria than, like, there's shark, it's eating people, we gotta kill the shark. Right, like, right, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's more directions you can go, so it's a silly comparison. But it is, that's really, like, gutsy to mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, this is a beloved horror cinema classic. Let's do that again. Yeah. Um, but I think because he's got those chops, right? He's got that Oscar prestige thing mm-hmm. about him. He understands what to do and what not to do when it comes to remaking something. Mm-hmm. Or even adapting something. Like, Call Me By Your Name was an adaptation. Beloved movie, you yeah. know? Um, so I think, he's, I think he's an interesting director. And I hope he keeps making stuff. Because... I think he swings for the fences and sometimes it's a hit with people that call me by your name. Yeah. And sometimes it's some weird like this. And I actually like this a little bit more than call me by your name. They're, it's apples and oranges <laughs> for sure. I'm sure it's very different. Yeah. But. No, I did like kept, it. Yeah. It's, it, it gave me enough to chew on. It kept me engaged throughout its runtime, which is more than I can say for something like even Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> um, which is only 15 minutes shorter. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I I can't recommend it to basically anyone I know. Like, I don't know anyone that I can recommend it to. You, yeah. and you've seen it. That, you know? That's probably the people that you would recommend it to have already watched it. Yeah. That's the thing with this yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or they're going to, like, this weekend. They're going to go check it out. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's okay. That's the... I feel like I'm used to that. I'm like, yeah. I am that audience that yeah. you're never trying to reach. So... Yeah. This is... I appreciate that. This is the first year... I think ever we're like, when I look at my top 10 at the end of the year, it's going to be like, I loved this movie. I can't think of a single person I know who hasn't already seen this, <laughs> who would be into it. Uh-huh. Like, sorry, did you see Sorry to Bother You? I love that movie. It's so, so good. Much. I don't know anyone I, I can tell. love Yeah, it. it's great. There's nothing. That, that's for this. This film's so weird to me because a lot of times I'll see a movie and I have to sit with it for a second and I'm like, oh, that was okay. And then I'm, I hate it, you know, mm-hmm. like after I sit on it for a little mm-hmm. bit and this film, I immediately liked, but also had those moments that I didn't, mm-hmm. but because it felt so disjointed and there's so many different plot things going on, mm-hmm. I feel my brain feels comfortable picking and choosing. Yeah. Yes. Like That's I'm a good not point. mad about it. It's a know? really good point. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, the stuff with the witches. Yes. That one scene that I love so much. 
But overall, is it one of my favorite films of the year or my favorite horror of the year? No, probably not. But that's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with both. Yeah. I'm struggling to think if it's my favorite horror that I've seen this year. I haven't seen a lot. I feel I like I've seen more it... horror shows than I've seen Yeah. I think movies. it is my favorite horror movie. I'm trying to think if I liked it more than I liked Hereditary. I liked Hereditary more, I think. I think I liked this a It's, I mean, it's degrees, I feel like, for me right now. I, I also, I thought of Hereditary when I watched this movie. Same. I thought of it because of the way the ending ramps up. Yeah. And the slow burn right. nature of it. Yeah. But like that wacko ending of like satanic worship, basically. Yeah. yeah. Made me think of Hereditary. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so yeah. Uh, don't go see Suspiria, I think, is what I'm going to tell the majority of this audience. Because they wouldn't like Cause it. Because you're going to hate it, for sure. Is this reverse psychology? Yeah. If you think you'd like it, go see it. <laughs> You've already made your decision about this movie. Yeah. And uh, that's fine. I think there's a, a lot to it. I think it's really ambitious. I think it's um, it's great that we have this type of a horror movie to talk mm-hmm. about. Yeah. I think it's really nice um, uh-huh. to, to do that. And uh, yeah, that's it. Um, Ariel, where can people find you? Do you have gigs coming up or I things do. you want to promote? I have... That is funny. I know. I guess I do music. Completely yeah. unrelated to talking about horror movies. When does this come out? Uh, my hope is Thursday. Okay, so I, if you want to make the hike to Fraser Park, I'm playing in Fraser Park on Saturday. But the next gig that I have scheduled in town is the twenty or is the thirtieth at Cafe Smitten, November thirtieth. Okay, is that a Friday? That is a Friday, from seven to nine. Um, Cafe Smitten, really good food, really good coffee, yep. and I will be playing. Yep. Uh, it's, a. Uh, I really like that spot. I do lot. some horror songs, so if there are some horror fans listening to this, there I do go. some scary songs. There you go. And then, uh, oh, well, that's already happened. Just kidding. What? Rope. Yeah. Yep. Um. Oh, The Innocence, though. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. December 5th, um... At the Beale Memorial Library, Cinema Macabre, that's our film series of classic horror films, we'll be showing The Innocence. Is that 1961? Uh, 1960-something. 1961 or 3. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. And it is a British horror film, and it is based on the novella by Henry James called The Turn of the Screw. Movie rules, by the way. Yeah, it's really good. It's super good. The novella's great, and it's short, and the reason I'm... I chose it for Christmas. This doesn't make it into the film, so it won't really make sense if you watch the movie. But the framing device for the novella is that it's people gathered around sharing ghost stories for Christmas. Okay. Which is a huge... It's actually a huge tradition. We don't really do it anymore. It was a big British thing. Huh. Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) How'd that happen? Because it's cold and dark. Okay. So that's a perfect time for scary stories. Okay. I mean, because, you know, Christmas Carol is a ghost story. Right. Even though it's heartwarming. Right. But um, that's not the only thing... I don't know if you've read Stephen King's Different Seasons. Oh, no. But I know which... The know winter which one mm-hmm. has that exact same framing device. Okay. And he's calling on those... That right. old... Uh, anyways, I'm not going to get into it because we're at the end of this podcast and it's a different subject. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are you doing a Christmas something at the library too? Is that you can announce? Mm, like a holiday tour? Yes. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then if people want to find your music and stuff, where do they go? 
Facebook, you can look up Ariel Dyer Music, or on Bandcamp, you can look up. I am not, I'm apparently too old to have a music Instagram, so I don't have one of those yet. All right. There you go. Um, and you just came out with an EP of, it was Songs for Halloween. Yes. Um, but it's it's just spooky songs. Spooky songs. Yeah, it's not Monster Mash. No. Okay. No, no. It, but you got Little Red Riding Hood on there. I do have Little Red Riding Hood. And I have Sally's song. So oh, I, yeah. it's spooky songs. They're mostly covers. One that I wrote. Um, and I wanted to just do something kind of fun. Halloween's my favorite. Yeah. And you cover my favorite December song on there. Yes. I really like that song. Me too. <laughs> um, cool. You can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891. Uh, it's probably the best place to get a hold of me. I'm pretty active on there. Um, I'm on Instagram under the same name, like Real Perspective on Facebook. Uh, if you subscribe in iTunes, you're going to get another podcast called Formative Filmography. If you subscribe anywhere, you're going to get this. So, uh, Corey Tendall, former host of the Before and After Show, and I are doing a new podcast called Formative Filmography, where we are talking about our 100 favorite movies of all time. And uh, it's a lot of fun, and you should check it out. That's all in the Real Perspective feed, because I'm way too cheap to pay for a separate separate feed uh, <laughs> for formative filmography. So you'll get those. That's a monthly-ish show. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald um, with Alicia Beanhawks and Hannah Tyndall. And maybe Mike will join us for that. If not, after that, Mike and I are going to do an episode on Creed 2, Cruise Control. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't think there's any screenings at the Fox that we're introducing coming up. They're showing Duck Soup this month, along Duck with the, uh, the Marx Brothers movie. With uh, They're also showing In the Sweet Pie and Pie, the Three Stooges short. Um, so not really Thanksgiving-y themed because there aren't too many Thanksgiving movies. They already showed Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go check that out. Duck Soup's real funny. Um, one of the great physical comedy bits, you've probably seen it, where they're in the, in the, the hallway and they, they're trying to see if it's a mirror and they keep mirroring each other's movements. <laughs> I think it's Harpo and someone else. And, uh... Yeah, you should go check it out on the big screen. It's only $5, and it's on a Monday night at 7 p.m. What a steal. Yep. Uh, It's a real good time out there. Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, And there was no one at Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, so show up for this one, please. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was like 12 people. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. I don't know. And it was packed with The Exorcist, so I don't know. People come out for horror. Yeah. That's, that's why true. I'm still doing my cinema macabre. I have not changed it. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, until next time, we're the bad guys. <laughs>